You're listening to the Missouri Realtors Podcast with host and Missouri Realtors President, John Mayfield. Join us as we deliver an in-depth analysis of industry news while speaking with industry experts on their successes and failures. Along the way, we'll also share strategies and practices to help you become a more successful realtor. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining. My name's John Mayfield, your 2022 Missouri Realtors President, and I'm so excited to have Kim Hayden on the line with us. She's from Canada, Calgary, is that correct? Yes, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Yes. I'm originally from Wichita, Kansas. Yeah, how about that? That's cool. Kim uh, has been in real estate for a long time. She also does podcasts. She's big with social media. And she's written a book called Resilient Real Estate Women, that that's how I actually first discovered you, Kim. I was kind of checking real estate books that are selling very well, and I saw your book, and then I started listening to your podcast. I watched a couple of YouTube videos, and I tell you what, she has a lot of fun, but you have some great content and information, and I just, I'm telling you what, our listeners, we are going to have the information in the show notes, but you need to listen to Kim's you're running a couple of podcasts, getting ready to launch a third one. But I'm telling you what, she can help you grow your real estate career. And so thank you, Kim, for joining us on the podcast. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. Uh, I love Missouri. We just go to the Ozarks for Girl Scouts every year. Yes. I just love it. It's such a beautiful state. Yes, great. And now, of course, with the Netflix Ozark, that's what all everyone wants to know is, is that what it's really like? Yeah. Well, uh, tell yeah, us. That, yeah. that show's not even filmed in, in the Ozarks, though, which is hilarious. I know. I think it was filmed in Atlanta, Georgia, and there's like a couple of, of uh, yep. B-roll B scene that they shot. But other than that, it's all shot in Georgia. But well, Kim, thanks again for joining. And uh, why don't you tell our members a little bit about yourself and how you got into real estate and just kind of bring us up to, to speed on that side? Sure thing. Okay, so Kim Hayden, uh, I'm originally from Wichita, Kansas. Um, ended up, like a lot of young people, um, needing to find opportunity. I was a single mom and ended up uh, out in Vegas, of all places, back in the uh, early 90s. And uh, was waiting tables out there, had a great job at the Mirage and, and ended up meeting a nice Canadian boy. Of course, I didn't know Canada was there because, I mean, we're going we're back now to two and a half decades before the Internet told us where everything is um, and ended up in Canada. Well, we, you know, I've always been a community minded person. I've always been the eldest of four girls and uh like I said, Girl Scouts is a it was a key. I mean, where did I learn sales? Through selling Girl Scout cookies. Um, and I so we ended up, you know, with I ended up with I had two kids. We ended up in Calgary, Alberta, and bought a house in a new community. So half, you know, it's only had like three four hundred houses in it, and the rest of it was dirt field. Now, give you scope as to how early we got into this community. It was, it now has 5,000 doors. So we were in, in the, when there was less than 10% of the homes that were planned on being built. Mm -hmm. And I was fine at home for a little while, but <laughs> I've always worked. 
I've always worked. So my husband came home from work one day or from being out of town. And I just looked at him and this is back. Everybody who's in real estate will know or has seen or currently has a house on the market that has the sponge painting, all the leaves. You would take the decal. Yes, yes. Yeah. I had a veritable forest in my front entryway. And my husband comes home from being on the road. And I said, um, I need to get a job. I can't do this. You're going to find the kids on a milk carton if I'm at home full time. I'm just not a, that women who are able to be home full time, I have mad respect for. It is a hard, hard job. You don't get bathroom breaks. You don't get lunch breaks. You cannot just decide to change your schedule because <laughs> it's a lost job 24 7. Right. So he looked at me and I said, I want to open a coffee shop. I just want to talk to people all the time. And he goes, um, okay. He goes, you know, you have to be up at like 3 a.m. to do that. And I said, oh, well, maybe I don't want to do a bakery coffee shop. And he goes, these are the famous words. This is going on my headstone, folks. Kim, why don't you go into real estate? It looks easy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, and I'm still married to him, folks. I'm still married to him. Um, so I went into real estate. I was in a new city. I had no previous workplace there. I had no previous education there. I had no spheres. I was in a new community. I mean, we're talking, I had nothing, but I had my community of 300 odd houses and I started sharing my recipes. All those crazy recipes with marshmallows in them from Kansas were first time experience here in Calgary. Mm -hmm. So I just started because I love to cook. So instead of opening a bakery coffee shop, I started sharing all my recipes. So I would have door hangers, not door knockers. I'd never knocked on anybody's door. And I would just, I started that way. To this day, there are people who still have my recipe cards in their recipe box. That is so cool. And, and that's, and I did that every month. And back then we could print off, you know, 300 door hangers for $45. Right. And that's what I, that's what I spent. I, I did the door hangers every single month. Hi, it's me again. Or, you know, I'll be at the coffee shop. Or, you know, we're going to have a festival. And here's your recipe. But they, I always thought about the person behind the door. Right. Why would they want this piece of paper from me? Right. And five months into having my license, I had not done a deal. Month five, I had my first sign on the lawn, my first listing sold. And by month number 12, I had got Rookie of the Year because I had done 12 deals. And there, I, there were 70% listing. I have always had my signs in the lawn. And, and that's I, my story. Well, that's cool. And I love how you said door hangers, not door knockers. Sometimes we say to agents, well, go out and knock on doors. But really, I used to love to go and put door hangers out. And I remember Danielle Kennedy years ago, and Danielle would say, she would pick the worst day of the year to go out and put door hangers out because she said, I think everybody just feels sorry for you or think, gosh, that person's out in the rain or the cold weather. But I'm like you, people would call me and I would get listings and then I would do business with their friends and family. So that's a great story. Thank you for sharing. And I want our listeners to know too, one of the things that I, I've heard you say on your podcast is I don't spend any money on internet online leads you you talk about community yeah. involvement 
I, I will. Now, I want to be clear on one thing. When I have a listing, I will boost their listing on social media mm-hmm. for an open house or just listed or just sold. But I don't, I don't pay into those, you know, I know people who are paying $4,000 a month to Zillow. Why are you paying into Zillow's stock? It goes up and up and up. And you're on this constant merry-go-round right. of calling people. Isn't it easier to go into a grocery store and people go, oh, you're Kim Hayden. Oh, yeah, I see your signs everywhere. Oh, you're always around. It takes a little while to work up to that. But once you're at that point, it takes a long time to erode it. Right, exactly. Once once they quit running, they quit running. Yeah, that's a great point. So is there another piece to this community involvement that agents should think about when they're trying to get started or generate additional business? The very first, okay, so let's go back to the door hangers. There's actually a psychology behind this. So the top three things that agents complain when you survey them is one is lead, two is consistency, and consistency is in twofold. The average real estate agent polled by National Association of Realtors works less than 30 hours a week, and that's not because they're lazy or because they don't want to work, it's because they don't know what to do. That's a great point. And and the third thing is, is they're always going, what should I put on my social media? So remember, folks, Bob Berg said it best in the Go-Giver book. No, like, trust. Your audience, the people you want to trust and trust their home to you, needs to know you and like you. So mm-hmm. the door hanger actually addresses all three of those issues. So I'm going to give you... The, the one of the, the biggest things, 500 door or 500 door hangers right now on business print, I think it's like 150 bucks. Right. It will take you in an average neighborhood if you go out once a week. So I'm going to eat up five hours of that time. So now you're going to be at 35 hours. I'm going to give you a, jo- a chore. You're going to go out and for five hours to anywhere between two and five hours and deliver 125 door hangers. You're going to hang those on the front door. While you're out doing this, you're going to take pictures of cool bushes, great garden gnomes, seasonal decorations, you know, things that you see that are really pretty and cool and creative on your journey. And you're going to do this every week. So now we've eliminated your gym membership. Right. We found you great information for your, for your social media. Oh, I love this new red door. What do you think of this color? You know? Right. Uh, I saw this great autumn wreath. What do you think of the autumn wreath? You get these little quizzes and polls and you put them out and you inspire people. But you also are showing people you're in the community, right? Right. So, so and that's every week, one day a week, you're going to slot one afternoon or one morning to deliver your own darn door hangers. That is an amazing Sorry, idea. <laughs> So we now have, so now you're creating consistency. And once you get onto the listing side of the equation, where you're now toppled over to 60% of your business's listing, then you are in to the consistent revenue. Yeah. If I, you're chasing buyers on time, you're always going to be starved for money. And there's enough business out there. I, I totally agree with you, and thank you for sharing that. I'm telling you, I used to subscribe to Howard Britton's Star Power Club, 
And that's what I always loved was we would hear agents who would give us these nuggets that literally you could go out and use. And you just handed us, I think, the perfect prospecting tool. I love it and because I love to go out and put door hangers out. But I never thought about using that. Well, I want to go through that again. They need to know us and uh, understand our interest. And what was the third thing you said um, with no, that? No, like. Trust. No like no and like trust. trust. Yeah, I love that. You know, it. If it, you're expecting, yeah, if you're expecting somebody to sign over their own personal wealth, and that's what they feel. They are entrusting us with their children's legacy, with their retirement fund. Right. So this is not just another transaction to them. Right. And and I heard a lady say, not to interrupt, but I, I love that because I heard a lady recently, a young lady, she said, sometimes salespeople act like they're, they want to, like, imagine going out on a date with someone. Would you start trying to sell them like in the first 30 seconds? She's like, no, on a date, you want to get to know the person and know a little bit about them and, and, and feel some trust and and you're, you're saying that same thing so many times as real estate agents, we just think we have to go out and knock on the door and, hey, you know, do you want to list your home? Where the reality is you're all of a sudden now giving them information about you. You're sharing recipes and, you know, all of the other information that you're providing on social media. But what a great idea. Well, I want to hear more because I'm sure you've got one or two more like that. But uh, that's, I mean, that's to me a no-brainer. And and I also love what you said, Kim, about if you're chasing buyers, you're always going to be, you're always going to have a cash flow issue. Absolutely. I, I mean, it's, people are being inundated on uh, through emails and and social media. They're being inundated, and the most underutilized communication tool is the U.S. Post Office box. And then next to that is the front door. These And these are facts. So be part of what's not in the norm. You're not going to be able to get, I'm not, dis, I'm not saying don't do online marketing. I am not saying that because you need to, for your clients, boost their listings and boost your open houses. You need to do this, these things. These are part of the equation of selling a house. Right. However, Meet meet the homeowner where the homeowner is, right? Um, and the beauty of now now door hangers. Now we just spin this out even further, right? Door hangers are also an opportunity for you to start a conversation with a business to business opportunity. So, is there, for example, I'm just going to throw this out. What if everybody out there right now today that is a community leader? went to the local dog grooming, dog biscuit place and said, hey, I've got an idea. I'm going to give this away for folks for free. And it's not an original idea. I'm just telling you exactly how to do it. I want, we're in Q4 right now. And you go to, it's now first box over, you're going to go to your local dog place, dog biscuits, anything along those lines. Everybody loves their dogs. And you're going to say, hey, I've got a great idea. I would like to collaborate with a photographer and a Santa, and I would love to host pet Christmas photos here at your location. Mm-hmm. I will promote this on my door hangers that are going out the month of November. If you would promote in your store 
and we can get a local mortgage broker to help fund the Santa. And we can get, uh, we can also get a local photographer that can help sponsor the event. And maybe we can even do a food drive with this. And I'm going to put this all on my door hanger. And on that door hanger, it's going to be come get your free pet photo with Santa. Now, you've got great content for your November uh, 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 door hanger. Or you can even do it in October. You can do it October, November, December, right? Right. So now you have great content for that door hanger. Because, you know, what's the percentage of people that own dogs that's gone up dramatically over COVID. Oh, yeah. You're and, giving them something totally free. And then all you have to do is take your iPad, and there's a couple different apps, and they take the photo, the, they do the photo, right? You don't have to hire right. like, a photographer if you don't want. And they have to put in their email address in order to send it to their email. That's a great So idea. now we have data capture. We have data capture. We have business-to-business relationship. We have community outreach, and we have a value on your door hanger. There you go, folks. That's yeah, really how about super that? <laughs> That's great. And and you could even have—I was just thinking—have on your door hanger if we are going to be promoting the event on our social media. Uh, if you want to send us a picture of your dog, we'll show on social media that uh, Lucy's going to be there. You know, yes. Yeah, so. Your door hanger is like a personal card to these people without having to pay the postage, right? Oh, this I, is a personal yeah. card. Don't, don't just do like everybody else. If I see realtors that go, call me for your free home evaluation, you know what? I think they're a crap agent. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm going to put it right out there. If you can't come up with something that's uniquely you, what is your unique selling proposition? Are you a car fanatic? Are you into boating? Are you, you know, into gardening? Who is your audience and, and are you serving their interest? Oh. Because if people feel that they're seen, heard, and valued, they are going to use your services. Exactly. And and I want our listeners, Kim said something so important way back, and we're I'm getting so many great ideas from this. Thank you, Kim. But so many agents don't know what to do. That's why they only work such few hours a week. And I mean, you have to be creative and you have to get out and make deals happen. Um, great information. Th- those are really, those are really cool. Well, now I see why you wrote a book called Resilient Real Estate Women. What brought that whole book title about or what, what was the what was the day that you just said, I think I'm going to write this book and I want to call it this. Any, any history for us there? Well, I mean, I'm a full transparency, folks, full transparency. If you're a listing real estate agent, you need to be present in your community all the time. I'm old. I've raised my kids. I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm ready to move around this world. And I know the one thing I can share and teach others is how to be amazing real estate agents. I know that because I've proven it time and time again with other women and other people that I've brought into the business. Um, so the book is, is an authority. And to do a book nowadays, it's more about having the dedication to get it done mm-hmm. than the, the obstacle of, of, of having access to publishing. That's the beauty. The world has shifted enough 
that it really is. It doesn't matter if you're from a trailer park in Wichita, Kansas, with as a teenage mom, or if you have a master's degree from an Ivy League. The age of knowledge is upon us, and the opportunities are present. So the book came because I knew in order for me, in order for me to achieve the speaking engagements and the authority that I needed in the industry, I needed to have authorship underneath me. But I have always been a collaborator and I have always been a community kind of connector. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, going out and getting other women. And in that book, like three of those women are top, top, top coaches. Like we're talking up with Buffini and Tracy. So, and what I did was we broke this down because I know what our reading, so the statistics around reading is very interesting. We are in a period of what's called fractional reading. Mm -hmm. This is a style of reading. People read on average uh, 30 minutes or less at any given time. So for me, I like everything to be very efficient. I, everything I do is has a purpose to it. And so doing a, you know, uh, a hundred thousand word book and knowing that only 17 pages was going to get read statistically, what's the point? I'm not serving the audience. The audience says they're going to read for 30 minutes or 17 pages. So serve the audience with voices of successful women in real estate and let the people pick who they want to engage with. Right. Right. So that's, that was the purpose behind the book. And I've, I've got, I've, we've got, um, uh, we're just working on a real and a second real estate one, which is Unitex this time called agents who lead. Okay. And this again is a, a compilation book and it's best practices. And it really is for anybody who's, who's thinking of selling or buying uh, or not th- anybody who's thinking of going into the industry that wants to be a uh, listing agent. So it's really those best practices amongst real estate agents. And then what it does is it, it layers in that published author. Less than 5% of North Americans are published authors. So it is still a very unique small club. Right. And, uh, and that's just because it's, you got it. You got to finish it. Right. Right. You got it. And sometimes it takes a year or two to put one together. Um, nothing's overnight. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's where I work in. That's my space. That's my jam is, you know, I like to work in a collaborative space. And you, and by the way, I want our listeners to know that I reached out to Kim and she's like, yeah, I'd love to be on your podcast. And, and uh, I appreciate that so much because so many times you get told no, or people don't have time but I want our listeners to also know about your podcast and the one, 500 Doors. I was listening to that episode as your most recent episode with the lady who became widowed and had children. And yet the stuff she's accomplishing and doing, like, and she was just motivating me to no end about um, her and her passion is to help you know, buyers stay in their homes. And she was so knowledgeable about what was going on. And, and, uh, and she had practiced real estate as well as A&Q have too, but she had practiced real estate the same with me when interest rates were 18 and 19%. But 
Uh, I cannot remember her name, but it's 500 Doors is the name of your one podcast. And the other podcast name is, is it Resiliency? It's Kim Talks Resilience. So okay. um, my space is always going to be an entrepreneurship. It's it's where I reside. So Kim Talks Resilience okay. is women in, in uh, female founders, authors, coaches, and speakers. Okay. And that's also the audience. So, so um, and there's so many amazing tips that as entrepreneurs, real estate agents really need to be listening to this because I think the one thing that most real estate agents who are starting out that they don't realize is that they are a brand and a business, exactly. not a salesperson. That's right. And, and so listen to a lot of entrepreneurship uh, style, not just real estate stuff. Um, uh, and then the 500 doors, we're just starting to really gear up on that one. And 500 doors is, is literally, that is exactly what you should be doing. You need to identify your 500-door market for your geofarm and serve that market. Now, geofarming is not the only aspect. When I, when I talk about this, I also talk about you have your, you know, your, your sphere of influence within your faith and your education. And you do have a sphere of influence within your social media, but you can't just rely on social media. Right. I think that's a great point. Well, I want to just ask you, and we appreciate your time. I know it's valuable, but we have people that listen to this podcast who are brand new agents and some seasoned experience. I mean, I'm sure we have many seasoned experienced agents, but there's always people out there I know who are just, you know, we don't know everything going on in their head. A, A quick, funny story at our fall conference last week. We had some trouble with the voting and I was trying to keep everything under control. And so I asked the sound folks to play a song and they played this uh, smooth jazz. I had some smooth jazz music back there. And the song they played was called Better Days Ahead. It was by an artist by the name of Norman Brown, who's from Kansas City. I love this song. And when I went through some of my trials and tribulations back in my blueberry farm day as a real estate broker, and everybody's heard that story, I used to play that song, Kim, just to remind me that there were better days ahead. And uh, it, it really helped motivate me. And so out of the blue on Friday after the conference, I had two people reach out to me and said, what's the name of that song? I, I'm going through some stuff right now and I need something to, to encourage me and get me going. So that leads me up to the segue to say there's probably people listening that are thinking, I'm just not. I'm not making it as a real estate agent. What am I doing wrong? And you've given us like already given us some great advice, but what do you tell that new agent or that person who says, okay, I just need to blow it up and start over. What, what would you tell them or what advice as a coach would you give them? Well, first I want to say, if you're in it for the right reasons, then you are, you need to find your unique mechanism. What makes you unique? And I promise you, I promise you this, every single real estate agent who wants to lead, serve, and generate a six and seven figure income does have a uniqueness to them. Uh, Mine happened to be baking. I love to bake. So I shared that passion with people. Um, Find out what your passion is and then figure out how you're going to share that with your target audience. Go back 
to the reason you went into this. I know that we all get sucked down the rabbit hole of, oh my God, I got to make the next deal. I got to pay my dues. I've got to pay my, you know, mortgage. I've got to pay my ex-wife. I've got to pay right. my third dog. I know we get sucked down this. But remember, go back to before you got licensed. Why did you get licensed? If you got licensed and your only goal was to make money, first of all, just so you know, making money is not a plan or a goal. It is the byproduct of having a goal. Right. I went into real estate because I knew that if I had a vehicle that financially could fund having a community leadership space, that I can make the space for my children. I can make memories. I had a gal show up in my pumpkin giveaway. I do, uh, in the fall, I used to do this pumpkin giveaway for 20 years. And this gal one year, year number 16 shows up, and she's got all these kids stair-stepped from 16 years of age down to eight. And she had like four of them. And she goes, we always come to the pumpkin giveaway because the kids know it's time to decorate for Halloween. I was part of their family tradition, and I didn't even know it. But when they got ready to sell, who did they call? Right. So I would say for agent who is starting, who is struggling, or who is ready to scale, go back to what makes you unique. Lean into that and share that. Because the people who share that with you do not challenge you on commissions. They respect your opinion, and they make real estate so amazing as a career option. Oh, I, I so agree with you in that. I I have that same compassion with my, I have an online school and, and, you know, sometimes people I know may think they want to get into a, a, a business or an industry to, to make money. But when you can flip it, and I really mean this with all sincerity, I, I got to the point where it's like, okay, yeah, I want to make money, but you know, I want to help people get out of a rut they're in and give them a better life and give them opportunity and let them fulfill a dream. When I started thinking in those terms, it's like I went to a whole different level with the school. And and I always felt that way with my real estate career. I was more about, I, I knew many of my sellers, they need they needed to sell their home because their life was kind of in turmoil. They were a job transfer or they couldn't afford it. Same way with that young buyer or those buyers who want to get into that next home. So I think that's just great advice. Thank you for sharing that. Very good. Well, Kim, it has been just a joy talking to you. I could talk to you for on and on, but we, I'm looking down and we're at 32 minutes and I don't want to, I don't want to infringe on your time. I know it's valuable, but we will have information below on how to get a hold of Kim. Um, she does some coaching. She uh, has a couple of great podcasts, which I hope people are realizing the power of podcast. And you mentioned that earlier. Don't just listen to real estate, listen to entrepreneurship. I love to listen to people, even online marketers and different ones, but they just give me motivation to think about how can I grow my business and how can I do things differently in my life. So, But check out our book, Resilient Real Estate Women, her podcast, 500 Doors, and Kim Talks Resiliency. Did I get that right? I hope so. <laughs> Pretty close. Kim uh, Talks Resilience. 
Resiliency. Okay, good. Um, so very, very good information. And um, she's also a good tech person too, because you know, my the the folks listening to us, Kim, know I I love technology. And uh, but it's always cool when I can talk to somebody like you saying, hey, try this and do that. And and uh, that's kind of a side note before we did this. So anyway, thank you. Anything else you want to add to the oh, listeners? Or I just want to say, you know, you've got uh, it, deemed an essential service during the hardest two years the world has faced in my lifetime. You were deemed an essential service and you are so important to other people's legacy and life and you're you know so see the value within yourself and then share that outward and you're going to be successful great advice kim thank you so much you this has been a joy and uh hope everyone's enjoyed the podcast be sure and check out other podcasts but kim thank you again my pleasure all right